This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Pre-recorded from Joe's mom's basement, welcome to another Rewind episode of The Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey everyone, I'm Griffin the Intern, or like Doug likes to yell to me, Fintern, clean up your mess around here. I'm not your maid. Which is the sure sign that spring will be here before we know it. So I'm getting a head start in the basement while the guys are gone. I started out by cleaning out Joe's mom's junk drawer under the Nintendo, but I found so many good treasures in there that I laid them out all across the floor to organize them some more. I found some old comic books, movie tickets, and even a brush to clean the lint out of your belly button. Right now, I gotta get back, because everything is still on the floor, except for that lint cleaning brush. That thing creates hours of entertainment. Anyways, also in that drawer, I found a cassette tape with this episode featuring career expert Gary Burnison. He talks about cleaning up your resume to get the job you've dreamed of, which, looking at the great resignation going around around us, maybe you want to start thinking about. This episode originally aired in 2018, so ignore any giveaways or mentions of current events or tax laws before asking whether things may have changed. Enjoy, Finturn out. Hi, Milton. What's happening? I didn't receive my paycheck this week. Um, you're going to have to talk to payroll about that. I did, and, and they said, Mel, they, we're going to need to go ahead and move you downstairs. So if you could it, just go ahead and it, pack up your it, stuff it, and move it down there, but, no, that would be terrific. I, I, I was no, okay. I could stay. It, excuse me. I believe you have my stapler. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and think it might actually be time to dust off the old resume. Let's see what we got here. Huh. Oh, oh, wait. Check that. 
Because actually on today's show, helping us lose the resume and score a job, we welcome Gary Bernison. Also, in headlines, who gets scammed the most by con artists on your phone? Here with the answer, from First Orion, we welcome Jonathan Sassy. Ah, don't worry, we're still going to save time to throw out the Haven Lifeline to help a lucky listener with a money issue, answer a letter from the mailbag, and we're going to top it all off with my incredible trivia. Don't you worry about that. We're never going to miss that. Now, two guys who are working hard for a living. Wait a minute. Working hard for a living? I think that should be hardly working for a living, Joe. Aren't we supposed to be truthful on this show? Oh, just read it. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Two guys who are working hard for a living, wink, wink. Here they are, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Hardly working? What's that about? Uh, I never heard that joke. We're, That's we're, a funny one. <laughs> <laughs> working hard or hardly working? <laughs> Does that one get the golf clap? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Party Wednesday here in the basement. I'm Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And the second half of this year party, not really second half, the other half of this year party. I'm going to get in trouble again. People are going to say I'm being mean to you and I'm not trying to be. I just don't know how to talk. The one the and only. 1%. OG. OG. <laughs> right. <laughs> How's it going, man? Let's do Wednesday, huh? Fantastic. Do you think it's still spring break for some people? I think so, right? Spring break for us every day because we love it down here. Gary Bernison coming down to the basement. How awesome is that? We're going to talk whether you are looking for a job or you already have a job you're happy with. It's always a good time, OG. It's always a good time to be thinking about your next opportunity. I've been meaning to talk to you about a little something. Uh, There's this... uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a raise or I'm going to have to walk. 30 got a new opportunity. 30% raise. 30, 30% more yes. money. Yes. Yes. 30% times. Wait, we're still, at, we're still at zero. Hey, guess what? This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. 
We've already saved people money. Now we're going to save their career. What a, the bar's low here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> why don't you, uh, why don't you promise a little more so we can under deliver? <laughs> the bar is low. Let's get this party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our first headline comes to us from USA Today. This spring, clear mediocre credit cards out of your wallet and give your credit rating a boost. This is, you know, they talk about spring cleaning. I never thought until I read this about spring cleaning your wallet. And what? I just did this. Like, literally, I just did this. I Go did, ahead. I want to hear this Well, story. I did it because of this piece. Listen to this. <laughs> this written by Gregory Carp. Spring is a great time to declutter a closet full of clothes, a garage full of boxes, and your wallet full of inferior credit cards. The average credit card holder with decent credit has more than four open accounts, and Americans opened 110 million, million with an M, new credit card accounts in 2016 alone, according to the latest Consumer Financial Protection Bureau study. With all that plastic and consumer wallets, not all cards are worthy. At least one in five credit card customers is carrying the wrong card, usually because fees or rewards are misaligned with their purchasing habits, according to the J.D. Power 2016 U.S. Credit Card Satisfaction Study. So I've got this one card in my wallet that has no rewards, doesn't have an annual fee. It's one of my first credit cards, so it's it's a it's credit I've had open for a long time. But yeah. but but I realize that I have enough credit. I'm I'm an old enough guy. You're an old enough man that's had a long enough credit history. You don't need 47 years of credit history. Right. 43 will do. Right. Right. So I have uh cut the cord on this particular card and it it was great. I found out that uh, and I guess I knew this. But I did the exact same thing that this uh, this article is talking about here. Over the years, right, you get a bonus points for opening this or you get a free cash thing for that or something. And so I had this smattering of cars from different providers. I guess I knew you could do it, but it wasn't until I read it, something else about it. You can contact these credit providers and have them consolidate your lines of credit onto whichever one's best for you, whichever one you want to do. Right. In my case, I had two Capital One cards. <laughs> that's that's funny. One was the Capital One Venture card, and then one was some other one that I had. Yeah. And was like, it this literally, one? you just go online. Uh, no, nah, I didn't have that one. But you literally just go online and go, transfer to this, and it goes, and it says, oh, you're saving this in fees, and this interest rate is going to be better because, you know, you've got, what, anyway. I like it really the- helped. Plus, from a credit standpoint, if you're worried about that, from like a credit scoring standpoint, you look better if you have higher lines of credit, it sounds yes. really stupid, yes. but it's true. Like if, if all of your cards are $10,000 limits, the next one that you get, they're going to look and say, well, you know, this guy's got 10,000. He needs, he needs another 10, you know? Yeah. I have, uh, I've heard, uh, many people tell me that, Hey, my credit card, my credit card company told me they were giving me new credit. And I called them back and said, don't you dare do that. And I said, but why? If, if, now let's be clear here, behavior, right? Let's, we, oh, yeah, we, absolutely. we probably got to back up for a second and say, if your behavior is you're not paying your credit card off every month, then certainly do that first. But once you get to that point, and, and if you can't do it by yourself, the cool thing is there are electronic means to help you, like debitize, that can help you take care of that and pay it off like it's a debit card. So if you're not sure, what, I think it's debitize.com. Let me look at it here. And it is. Debitize. Debitize.com. Of course, the most important thing is not paying interest, 
a lot of people get hung up on, you know, don't have any credit card fees and that sort of thing. You got to weigh those, right? If you use a ton of benefits from a certain provider, you know, the fee that you pay may be worth it. But again, you can go through and look at all those things. Secondly, you can contact the providers and tell them that you're thinking about canceling because of the high fee and likely they'll give you a year free. So, you know, even if you want to keep it, you can still get rid of a fee or two or lower an interest rate or something like that. Gregory in this piece says to do three things. Gather your cards and ask these three questions. Number one, does it charge an annual fee? Number two, do I carry a balance? And number three, is it a rewards card? And to your point, if it's a rewards card, do the rewards make sense yeah. relative to the fee? And then or what, to what you spend it on, right? I mean, like, like if you have an airline credit card and you never fly, you know, you could have a million miles, but what's that good for? You know? Right. And then once you've examined all your cards, use what he calls the cards acronym, which says you do one of these five things, cancel the card, acquire a new one renegotiate terms on your old card, decommission the card by not using it anymore, or save it and make sure you're optimizing it. If you're going to carry it, optimize it. And that doesn't mean to run up the balance, right? Because credit utilization- I've been really good at optimizing before. <laughs> you not, you want to have, to your point earlier, you want to have a lot of open credit and be using very little of it, and that'll spike your credit score. That's yeah, People yeah. want to know that you are- Yeah, you're responsible. You've resp- got access to all this money, but you're- Living within your means. We'll link to this uh, piece on our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. And in our second headline, a new study's out from First Orion that says that one group has experiences financial losses three times as often as another group due to phone scams in 2018. And here, walking down the basement right now from the people that commissioned the study, Jonathan Sassy. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Thanks. Well, I'm so glad you're here because this is surprising. Obviously, this time of year is a big time for phone scams, but you found that one group is getting scammed more often than another. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, definitely a time of the year where we survey, find out what's going on with people on phone scams. That's our job at First Orion really is to provide some transparency in the call process and help protect people. So it helps us to know what's going on. And we reach out and we survey about a thousand mobile consumers. And what we found is the trend that seems to be continuing is that millennials seem to be the generation that's getting hit the hardest on phone scams. Which is amazing because, as, as you know, Jonathan, and I bet you were surprised too, because it seems like, you know, we always report on older people getting scammed. I think the idea is, is that older people get scammed the most and they may even be one of the bigger targets for scams. But when it comes to phone scams, what we're seeing is that the millennials are are actually getting hit harder and are more likely to give information that could uh, compromise their identity. Why do you think that is? Were you able to survey why? You know, we've poked at this quite a bit. And one of the things that I think seems to be coming through is that older generations tend to be a little bit more skeptical. They're a little less likely to want to give people information over the phone about themselves about maybe their personal finances or as it relates to internet security. And one of the things that we see you know, from some of the millennial respondents is that there's this thinking that there's a safety net out there, right? My credit card company will protect me. My information's already out there. There's not much anybody can really do with this. Um, there's this, this thought that you know, I've already kind of given in to the fact that um, my information is my digital currency these days, and they're a little bit more free with that information. Where we see with some of the Older consumers are still kind of skeptical about putting information into services online, um, trusting somebody to access that information and still trying to kind of keep that secure. I felt very proud a couple of days ago when I found out I was going to be talking to you, Jonathan, because I'd never had an IRS phone scam and I got one and it was so cool. 
<laughs> well, yeah, it's, you know, one of the things that came out of the survey that's also quite interesting is nearly a third of all people have received some kind of IRS scam attempt, either through the phone, email, text, what have you. You know, the IRS doesn't tend to reach out to people and tell them it's time to pay up. They go through that in different ways. It's an increasingly strong tactic, especially this time of year, to get some kind of a weird phone call from somebody who says they're from the IRS and it's, uh, you missed your uh, tax filings by a certain amount. It's time to pay up. Is that the clue? They're asking you to pay on the phone? Yeah, that's a big red flag. Anytime somebody calls you up and immediately tries to get to the fact that, that you owe some money and it's time to pay, that's something that you should really get all the protections up around you because that's not a normal practice from virtually anybody um, is to jump right into give me some money. And then the other thing I was going to ask, because, you know, it's funny is I've worked in this industry for a long time. I hung up the phone and I thought maybe there was somebody I should have called, maybe some way that I should report it. Is there some place to report it when I do get a phone scam or do you just hang up and let it go? Well, <laughs> hanging up is always a good idea. So you want to get off that phone <laughs> as fast as you can. And yeah, there's ways to report it. You know, at First Ryan, we have applications for people's smartphones under the brand Privacy Star, which for iPhone and Android can help a lot. Um, it helps block and identify those callers and it gives you a way to report them. There's also some ways to do that through your carrier, depending on which mobile carrier you might use. We actually power a lot of the solutions for T-Mobile. So there's things that show up on your phone that say scam likely that help you avoid those types of phone calls. But yeah, that's that's really one of the big ones is grab Privacy Star for your phone, You know, check with your carrier, find out what solutions are there. There's a lot of free options for identifying and, and reporting these types of calls. And it's important to do so because it helps protect the next person. Uh, I was going to ask that about Privacy Star. You said that's on both Android and iOS? It is. Yep. So whether you have Android or, or iPhone, there's a Privacy Star app for you and it, it helps a lot. And, it, and both of them give you a way to report these kind of calls and provide as much information as you can. And we have a lot of technology that goes into identifying these calls, but every little bit helps. And when you say, hey, I just got an IRS scam call from this phone number, it might help the next person avoid that same phone call. And two quick questions about Privacy Star, Jonathan, is number one, when I get a phone call, does it just automatically take a look at the calls that comes in? How does it work? It does. So generally, we just we ignore your contacts because you know who your contacts are better than we do. So we don't really try and screen those types of calls. But if it's an unknown phone number, we're going to try and add as much information as we can so that you know when you have those few seconds to make a decision on whether you're going to answer the phone or not. Knowing who it is and sometimes even more importantly why they're calling is really important before you hit the answer button. Um, so we're going to try and give you information on maybe it's a scammer, maybe it's a telemarketer, you know, maybe it's your children's school calling to let you know that uh, there's a closure today. But either way, trying to give you enough yeah. information so you can answer the phone with confidence or, or send it to voicemail or block it. And then the last question that I'm sure people are screaming at their device is uh, how much does it cost? Um, the app's free. And again, I mentioned is if you have T-Mobile, we've put together a great program with them so that you know everybody who has T-Mobile actually gets an alert that says scam likely if you get a phone call from a bad guy. If you have Privacy Star, there's free versions of the app that provide a great layer of protection. There's some pay features if you want some extra bells and whistles, but you, know, you certainly don't have to, and it does help protect you. Awesome. And it's called Privacy Star. We'll have a link to this and to the study on our show notes at stackybedjamins.com. Hey, Jonathan, thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for the time, Joe. So how about that, OG? Millennials. Millennials. Yep. I'm going to come out of the woodwork and say, I'd never, I, I'm the one that's above average. I'll never. But I think there's some good points there that, you know, no matter what age group you are, it doesn't matter. We can all get scammed. But this voice of authority that scammers use can mm-hmm. really be the problem. That can be a you, huge You said the other day, uh, I don't know, a week or two ago on Twitter that you finally got your IRS robocall. Oh, that was so great. 
Was it awesome? It was, it was, it was so, so great. It was, I answered the phone. I don't recognize the phone number, but it was in uh, Oregon and we had just come through Oregon. I'm like, oh, Portland, Oregon. So I, so I answered. We know people there. Sure. Yeah. So I answered the phone and it was a robot call. This is the do not hang up. This is the internal revenue service. This is your last opportunity to pay your. Yes. Oh, finally got one. It was fantastic. Did you keep him on the hook? Was it like cranky anchors? You know, I should have. I was in the middle of 50 things. What I should have done was hooked up the recording equipment and made hay on that thing. And if I get another one, I'm totally going to do that. But yes, please. did not, uh, was not able to do that. I had to hang up. I was in the middle of something else. So yeah, you could totally do that. Oh my gosh, really? Hold on. Let me get to a private area where I can chat with you. <laughs> Put it on mute and like hook all your stuff up and then, <laughs> okay, what's going on? Yeah. Well, I'm, I told you about the time that I did that with the, with the sales guy. I, I feel so terrible about that now. Telemarketer, you selling AT&T long distance. Oh boy. We'll talk about this later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe good stuff there. Maybe horrible stuff if you're an AT&T uh, phone salesperson who has to deal with OG. I think our lessons are, number one, to the earlier point, doesn't matter what age group you are, watch out for the scammers. And then number two is extra credit cards in your wallet. Remember to spring clean that too. Gary Bernison about to come down to the basement. Of course, Gary wrote a book that I really liked back in 2011 called No Fear of Failure, Real Stories of How Leaders Deal with Risk and Change. He is the CEO of a company that works uh, all the time in the stuff we're going to talk about today, finding people a new job. He's the chief executive officer at Corn Ferry International. Of course, they're a worldwide leader in executive recruitment, a premier provider of talent management solutions. He spends his days, OG, he and his team, helping people look much better for a potential employer. And whether you're looking for a job, and you might be thinking right now, this isn't for me, I'm going to skip ahead. But you never know. You never, never know when that next opportunity is going to come along or... Boy, you're staring me right in the eyes when you're telling me that. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) You never know when it's going to be time to move on. Can I talk to you in the hall after we talk to Gary? (laughs) <laughs> and you might want to bring a box with you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> grab, grab your box. <laughs> let's let's say hello to Gary Bernison coming down to the basement. And joining me on my dad's shortwave, Gary Bernison. Gary, how are you, man? Hey, fabulous. How are you doing? Well, good. I would love it if you and I could talk about skunks. Because I think in the intro to your book, when you talk about the skunk story, that kind of makes the point that resonates throughout the rest of the book. Okay, so listen, I'm not in your basement. Uh, you know, imagine Pacific Coast Highway, Malibu, California, early in the morning, driving to work, sunny, sun glistening off the ocean, traffic comes to a halt. I look, and there's a guy in the middle of the street. He got out of his truck. And what do I see? I see a skunk <laughs> with a McDonald's soda cup stuck to his snout. <laughs> and and he was shaking it, trying to get rid of it. And what was more boggling than that was this guy. And you could see he w- 
was like, okay, should I be like the hero of the helpless or the victim of the clueless? And it was the most amazing thing. And, you know, I think we all feel that way about our boss or about our jobs or about our careers. And that's why I wrote the book. Yeah, it's funny. Partly like we're the skunk, too, with our heads stuck in there because there's the sweet stuff. And now we're stuck in a spot we don't want to be. You know, I feel that, you know, most people kind of wait to be plucked out of the ocean or what they do is, um, you, you know, they'll just send a resume to companies blindly. So, you know, you, you're not happy what you're doing. You keep hitting the snooze button. You, you know, you treat it like it's a pet. You keep tapping and tapping and tapping. You know, you can't wait for jury duty because you hate your job so much. But what people do is they just start blindly sending out resumes and, and that doesn't work. Well, let's talk about, before we even get to the resume and that not working, back to what you're talking about, like bad bosses. You you talk about this in the book that it's not necessarily a reason to quit if you have a bad boss. Why is that? You can learn from bad bosses, believe it or not. It, it teaches you what not to do. It's kind of like as a parent, right? You remember your dad or your mom or, you know, it kind of, okay, well, that, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that way. People do leave bosses. They don't leave companies. And so, and so I would just encourage before you jump ship, really be reflective about that. So maybe maybe see if you can go to a different department after you learn from them, Gary? I mean Absolutely. I think most people just think the grass is greener and they are miserable and they don't do anything or they you know, and, and I think it's actually better to look at opportunities, assuming you like what you're doing in the company, look for opportunities within, you know, the existing walls of where you are. But let's say that you're going to make the move. Well, whether you make the move internally or externally, you talk about passion a lot. You talk about finding this job that really resonates with you and that you are you authentically just love. Yet I know people, Gary, when I read that, I, I go, well, I know people that just love music, but unless you're one of the top people in music, it doesn't really pay. How do you, how do, <laughs> like, how do you, how do you take those two things? I need a paycheck, but at the same time, I want to do what I love. Look, clearly, you know, money is important. Okay. So I don't want to minimize that. And we all have to have a job and we have to buy bread and milk. I, I don't want to minimize that at all. But I do want to emphasize the fact that if you're happy, you're going to be motivated. And if you're motivated, you're going to outperform. And so there's a real linkage between purpose and performance. To your point, you're right. If you love music or you like uh, model railroads. I guess what I would say is, okay, so you love music. What does that say about you? So are you doing something? So does that mean you're creative uh, versus somebody who's analytical? And, and so take that train of thought and start to explore what that really means. And can you find something that maybe is more creative and is closer to music than just being Beyonce, right? Because we're not right. all going to be, right? right? So that's my point is that the first step should actually be what does get you excited and what is that purpose? And, and it could be music. And so I'm saying, okay, well, don't take it literally, but what are those things? And then take assessments, which we've got, and kind of do some self-exploration around strengths, weaknesses, blind spots, purpose. 
Well, and at the beginning of the book, you go through being very critical on yourself and that you don't look at yourself the same way that other people do. But it even gets worse than that. You say, Gary, that the way people go about searching for a new job is just completely wrong. Completely wrong. I mean, what I've seen from college grads to Fortune 100 board members, that they are clueless like that skunk in Malibu, California. <laughs> and almost all the time, the first thing they do is just, you know, they go to update that resume and they blindly set it out. I mean, people think it's 90% of the job effort when it's only 10%. And so you have to have it. I'm not saying you, you, you have to have it, but you can't just automatically go to that. Because if you do that, you've got as much chance, you just won't go down to 7-Eleven and buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> well, that's what, it's, that's what it seems like when you go to these job boards now and you put in a couple of, uh, a few keywords. To your point, you actually said this in the book, you put in a few keywords that you hope a search engine is gonna, going to pick up. And then from there, you just cross your fingers and pray, which doesn't seem like much of a strategy. You know, I was raised in a real small town in Kansas, and I can remember, and I'm sure you did the same thing. What, how did you get your first job? So what happened was you went down to the grocery store, you went down to the ice cream shop, you went to the bike shop, whatever it was. But what happened? A friend probably said something like, hey, that's a great place to work. You should go check it out. So what happens? You go down and, and you target where you want to work and you fill out an application. Why is it that 10, 20, 40, 50 years later, we forget that? We forget to be proactive targeting the industries or sectors or cities or companies that we'd want to work at. So does that mean then that I'm, as I'm doing my targeting, then I'm doing more tapping into my network and less of just firing off resumes? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's both, right? You've, you've sure. clearly got to do both. But I'd say, yeah, do that exploration of, of purpose. Then go to industry sectors. Don't forget where you want to live, cities. Then actually pick the companies that look interesting to you. Then you've got a network, network, network. And so what you want to do is you want to combine that resume with that warm introduction. And it is a whole, Gary, it, it is a whole, there's a whole machine, there's a whole process to this that's much, much bigger. That it, it seems like just as I'm reading this, I think about somebody that would actually take the time to network, to get to know people. Like those aren't just the people that are going to be better. They're not just people that are going to be better at the getting a job. They're going to be better once they get the job, I think. You, you say networking and, and automatically probably some super salesman comes to mind, right, you know, right. it, but, but it's not. It, networking is actually about the other person. Networking is doing something kind for somebody else because, you know, that will pay back. Uh, reciprocity is a pretty important uh, word in human nature, and it works. It really does work. So what I see people making the mistake on networking is they don't play the long game. They do just-in-time networking. What can you do for me rather than what I can do for you? Which is an important point, Gary, because it seems like most of people listening aren't looking for a job today, but you'll be looking for a job at some point. So you're saying build that network right, right flipping now. Play chess. Yeah. You know, it, think several moves ahead. You're absolutely right. Don't think that, 
oh my gosh, my life's going to change. I'm miserable. And, you know, next week I'm going to get this fabulous new job. You've got to play chess. And so you've got to think several moves ahead and networking is part of that chess game. When I'm looking for a job, I might have a recruiter involved. Tell me about working with a recruiter. Is there anything different there that I need to know than going about looking for a job myself? You, most recruiters um, are representing a company. So a company at a uh, you know, specific point in time has a unique need in a certain city within a given industry. So they are actually not a talent agent representing you. They're representing the company. So working with a recruiter is part of the overall strategy around networking. So you should build relationships with recruiters, but you got to, again, think about the long game. Gotcha. When I'm looking at making sure that my online presence is out there and I am just dipping my foot, you've got 5 billion things in here in the book and we're only going to have time to touch on like four of them. But when I'm building my online presence, what are some of the key things I should look for to make sure that when a recruiter or a possible employer comes and looks at me that should uh, really shine in my online presence? Play defense before you play offense. So what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. Uh, (laughs) So the first thing that I look at, so we're a couple billion dollar company. Uh, We're in over, you know, 60 countries around the world. Part of our business is about finding talent for companies. The first thing we look at and the first thing most employers look at is your online presence. So we'll Google you, we'll, we'll look at Facebook, Instagram, we'll look at everything to get a view of who this person is. And you have to remember that. So I've got five kids, oldest daughter, she's now on her third full-time job, loves it. Several months ago, was looking for her second job, Sunday night, 9.30, interview the next day, sitting on the couch, Google her name, pops up an image, it's my daughter. Orange hair, I don't have a problem with it. Nose ring, don't have a problem with it. And Mardi Gras beats. And, you know, look, that's, I just said, really, is that the first image? It may be the first image you want to show, but you have to think about it. Is that the first image you want to show? Right. If you're showing that image, if you're showing that image, make sure that you've thought about it before you just pop it up there on Instagram. You know, most people make decisions on another person within the first seven seconds of meeting them or seeing them. If I score, that is the truth. Yeah, if I score the interview, Gary, speaking of that, obviously the first impression that interview uh, is going to be important, but what are a few of the things to make sure I nail when I finally score the interview? Don't lie. So if you did jail time, don't say it was community service. <laughs> That's, by the way, is a true story. Oh, no. so, so, so number one, don't lie, don't exaggerate. Number two, be on time. Number three, don't dress like you're going on Dancing with the Stars. So I like to think of the word act, A-C-T. It's how you act. Be authentic, make a connection, and give them a taste for who you are, not what you've done. I was surprised when I picked up your book, Lose the Resume, Land the Job is the name of the book. Almost everyone gets it wrong. This is how you can get it right. 
I thought this was a job just for people searching for a new job today. But as we talked about with networking, Gary, I think this is a great book for people that are happy in their career right now. I mean, most of this book, in other words, I think the title's a little misleading, big guy. Well, I think you're right. I need to get out of the basement. It, it's really, <laughs> it really is more around how you manage your career. So it's taken everything we know at Corn Ferry. Uh, we've been doing this for a long, long time, taking our IP and it really is more around career management. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I follow uh, management expert Tom Peters, and I'm sure you do too. And he talks about dusting off the resume, dusting off your network, making sure that everything's up to date, your online presence, the, the way that you look, the way you act, that you're putting your best foot forward. Having you here right now, I think is very special for us, for people that are listeners to the Stacky Benjamin Show. What's next for you guys at Corn Ferry? What are you working on now besides this book? Well, we're an organizational consulting firm, and we work for for companies um, in in numerous capacities. But what we're working on right now is to actually try to help professionals, to help professionals manage their career. So we're starting a business, KF Advance, to really you know create a gymnasium for people to exercise and work out in terms of their career growth. That's really cool. And how do people find out more about that? KFAdvance.com. Awesome. And uh, the book, Lose the Resume, Land the Job, available everywhere, Gary? Everywhere. Yeah, LoseTheResume.com, Amazon, yeah. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. I really appreciate it. This was great. Yeah, thank you very much. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And I got to say, with all this talk of polishing off your resume, I can see the looks. I know what these guys are thinking. They're trying to get rid of me. Well, if they do that, they're sucking the fun right out of this show. Sucking it right out of the show, I tell you. Who's going to do the trivia if old Doug is let go, huh? Speaking of sucking, how about this trivia? Who wrote the best-selling book and huge moneymaker, Interview with a Vampire? I'll be back with the answer in just a moment. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, you know, when I think about Navy Federal, I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. 
And I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equalizing lender. Hey there, trivia nerds. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, back here on two missions. First, will whoever keeps telling Joe's mom moronic dad jokes please stop? Really? I used to be afraid of hurdles, but I've gotten over it. It's not really a funny joke. Oh, wait, well, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it now. That's pretty good. Oh, gotten over it. Okay, maybe that is a tad creative, but point B is this. Nobody creates awesome trivia like this guy, as I will display right here in Exhibit 1. Check it out. Today's trivia question was this. Who wrote the best-selling book, Interview with a Vampire? This book, which made tons of money and also inspired a movie starring Tom Cruise, which grossed well over 105 million buckaroos, was written by New Orleans author Anne Rice. See that? Professional presentation, elegant delivery. What else can you ask for? <laughs> I got over it. I've gotten over Oh, it's gold. See ya. You didn't even know there was a book. I thought it was just a marginal Tom Cruise movie. You know, it's funny. It was, it wasn't, mar- Tom, it wasn't Tom Cruise. Yes. Person? And it was yeah. a marginal movie. The book was much better. The whole, okay. the whole vampire series by Anne Rice, much, huh. much, much better. So it's sci-fi though. Right. And so sci-fi just doesn't it's, it's, he, I skip right by it. It, it. it isn't, it's more horror fiction. You know, it's this uh, vampire who, you know, I mean, it's vampire stuff. So it's more horror and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spooky. Also things I skip. Spooky things. No, so you don't skip. Throwing out the Haven Lifeline, OG. Let's throw it out and tackle some of life's or rather life insurance's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, well, they're disrupting the life insurance industry. How do you disrupt the life insurance industry besides being innovative? Like, do you do you come in and scream every day? Do you wear <laughs> cool shirts? No, it's 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 the process that they use, right? Yeah, but st- I, I wish it were more sexy. Like literally disruptive? Yes. Yes, like somebody yeah. else in the middle of a sentence and they go, up, up, up. I don't think that's what it means. I doubt they do that. They're focusing, though, on the two things that you value most, which are? I'm going to say clearly an updated resume because uh, I've got a feeling <laughs> I need it's Wednesday and you're going to call me on Friday and say, I need to talk to you about something. Close the door behind you. Uh, yeah. If, uh, could you just uh, grab the door? Uh, it's your family and your time. Okay. And because they focus on those two things, then they built the technology to work in your favor. It's why they created a simple way to buy affordable and dependable term life insurance online. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free estimate for coverage and learn about life insurance the modern way. 
Boy, the frustrating thing is we can't give anybody a Haven Life Lifeline shirt today because that's empty. I've got tons of letters. So we're going to go to the letter bar, but uh, but if you want to go to the front of the class and you want the circus t-shirt, guess what? Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. But today we're going to throw out the Haven Lifeline to Tala. Tala says, what are the best ways to start investing for people who got into the workforce in the last three to five years? Example, starting with $20,000 and adding in nearly $400 to $500 each month to that. Best way to start, OG, what do you do? Let's assume that uh, we've got our cash reserve filled up. Because that is where you start. Consumer debt gone. So those, those are the two prerequisites, I guess. I was just talking to my kid about the word prerequisite about college. Because he doesn't understand why he has to go to school at 7.45 in the morning. And I said, well, in college, you get to pick when you go to school. <laughs> I'm not going to go at all. I said, well, you have to go. You, still, you just get to pick when to go in any event. So uh, cash reserve is filled up and consumer debts are paid off. Order is very traditionally 401k if it's offered through your employer up to the company match. You can choose whether or not to make that the uh, pre-tax or Roth. You know, there's some calculations that you can do there based on based on uh, your tax brackets and so forth. Switch over to a Roth IRA. Max both of those out if you're married or or max yours out. And then go back to your 401k and fill that up. Asterisk would be if along the way you have an inkling, based on our conversations from Monday, if you have an inkling of this kind of retire early type of thing, sometime before your traditional age 60 retirement, maybe instead of going back to the 401k on the second go around, that goes into a regular brokerage account. But the main thing is just something systematic. It doesn't matter if it's $50 a, a month, $100 a month, $25 a week. Do something systematically and continue to add to it. And to get it out of your hands. I yes. think the big key is get it out of your hands. And if you make it automatic early, what I like about uh, Tala's letter is that just starting out means that you get used to that rhythm. And I think a lot of people go, well, I'm young. I'll start saving later. And then they, they never understand. develop the people, rhythm. People don't understand the impact of lifestyle expanding into the money that we allow it. It's just so profound. I mean, how many times have have you met with a client? How many times have I talked to clients and you've lived it yourself, Joe, and I know I have too, where it's like, I remember making 10 grand and you think, oh, if I could just make 25, I would be loaded, right? And then you make 25 and you think, if I could just make 50, I'd be loaded. And then you make 50 and you go, if I could just make 75, I'd be loaded, Right, because you just keep letting your bills keep up. Well, with your- it's just, it's just, it's just, it's creep, right? And if you get ahead of that, we had the occasion to do that, right? My wife was working, and then she stopped, and my income did not, you know, it didn't instantaneously <laughs> grow to hers to what she was providing. We didn't have any degradation in our goals by losing her income, and it was fairly substantial, and has everything to do with lifestyle. It just ebbs and flows. And if you can get ahead of it and not let it ebb, I guess. I don't know which way is the out. Not let it flow. (laughs) You want it to flow but not ebb? I'm not sure which way. But you know what I mean? And so when you're starting out, when you're young, if you can figure out a way to save 20 or 25% of your income on day one, you'll never know you didn't do it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. We also get letters down in this here basement. Well, as I mentioned earlier, OG, we get lots of letters. So far, all we get is letters. That's right. This one comes to us from Sean. He says, hey, Joe, an original gangsta OG. 
I have a question about traditional versus Roth IRAs. Let me preface everything by stating that I didn't do enough research, but I'm still early enough in the process where I'm hopefully having a relatively less costly mistake than a larger one. I heard that if you believe your current tax bracket's higher now than what you believe you will have in the future, understanding we don't know what the future holds, go with a traditional IRA. I believe that to be the case and opened up a traditional IRA with Vanguard, was able to minimally fund it. $1,250 in 2017. I wanted index funds, and I guess I need to reach a threshold amount of 3000 before I can purchase index funds. So my 1250 is basically just sitting there in what I liken to a savings account. Anyway, come to find out, I didn't research, that I make more than the allowable income cap that allows you to claim traditional IRA contributions on your taxes. So I wanted to convert these funds into that of Roth IRA. I, I'm only laughing, not because it's funny, but because you just think if Sean had done some research first, now he's got a few problems here. Uh, but anyway, I'm not making fun of you, Sean. Happens way more often and to a ton of people than we'd like to admit. But anyway, I want to convert these funds into that of a Roth IRA and get tax-free income on the tail end. Since I contributed to a traditional IRA, was not able to get the tax benefit, and I then convert the funds to a Roth IRA, I'll to pay, will I have to pay income taxes on that money again? Is that accurate? Am I better off doing this or keeping the funds in my traditional IRA and starting to fund a Roth until such time that I'm no longer able to do so and then go back to the traditional IRA? I hope I didn't confuse you too much. I confused myself reading and rereading this before sending. Maybe Doug can take this question to the women at the Sizzler if you two are unsure about what to do. I think that uh, Doug and his friends at the Sizzler would have fun with this one, but OG probably has a better answer. Prior planning prevents poor performance. Okay. I'm assuming he said 2017, 1200 bucks in the account. He's not going to get a tax deduction. So there's no rule that says you can't put money in an IRA. There's a rule that says, here's how much you can put in. And there's a rule that is about whether the deduction exists for your taxes. So he can leave it there. You're saying he that is good, but I don't know why you'd want to, because that's going to open up a whole nother layer of issues where you've got some money that's going to grow tax deferred, but money's going to be taken out taxable on the growth, but not the original principle. It's a gigantic pain in the badushkis. Anyways, so here's what I would do. I would definitely 100% convert that to a Roth. You have already paid taxes on that money, right? Because it came out of your bank account. So it, it you pay tax on it. You did not receive a tax deduction in 2017's tax year for that contribution. So there's no repayment of taxes gained. But you will pay a Scotia taxes based on any interest that it's gained since you put it in. So if you put $1,250 and it made 31 cents, you will pay taxes on the 31 cents, which was rounding to zero, still close to zero. So this is a very simple thing. You just contact Vanguard, say, I got money in a traditional IRA. I'd like to convert it to a Roth. How do I do it? They'll walk you through the process, bada boom, bada bing. Now you've got a Roth IRA. And take a look and make sure that you can't do the Vanguard ETFs. That's what I was, that was going to be my contribution uh, to this conversation. level. Yeah. I know the mutual funds, some of them have three, five and $10,000 initial purchase requirements, but take a look and see if the ETFs, which are ostensibly pretty close to the mutual funds, you might be able to get those, that money invested pretty quickly. But step one, just call Vanguard, say, I got this money and then it's in an IRA. I want to convert it to a Roth. How do I do it? Flip it, baby. Zip it, zip it, zip it, flip. <laughs> Thanks for the, 
That was so awkward. Thank you for the for the question, Sean. If you've got a question for the show, and preferably, especially if you want the greatest money show on earth shirt, head to stackybenjamins.com and on the top it says click here for questions. You'll see all the different ways that you interface with us here on the show. Thanks to everybody who left us a review of this here podcast. I'm I'm going to move ahead just a little bit because this one's definitely going on mom's fridge. It's five stars and says, move on, nothing to see here. I was talking with somebody the other day who said, I was reading your reviews and I thought people hated your show, but I keep seeing five stars. I see these reviews where if you read them, like if somebody's really trying to find out what's going on a in the Stacky Benjamin show. Compliment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's trying to figure out what's going on. You you read our reviews and you go, I'm I'm not sure what that's. They're giving them five stars and they're saying this horrible stuff. But this is very funny. This is by uh, B. Sikio. I love Doug's finance show. The fact that he invites Joe and OG on amazes me. I turn this on to learn things, and the only time that happens is with Doug's trivia. I'm not sure what these other guys are talking about. It's over my head like eight-hour-old mayonnaise. And uh, some people will get that. Some people won't. But just uh, fantastic. And go to Mom's Fridge. Thanks for the review of the show. If you've got a review of the show, whether it's straightforward or a little less straightforward, just go wherever you listen to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever, and tell people what they're getting into. Thanks a bunch for that. Coming up on Friday, our friend uh, Jonathan Mendonza from Choose FI podcast. Heck of a cool podcast there. Jonathan's going to join Paula and Len while we give the OG a break. He's <laughs> You are thinking... That you're clearing out your desk with all this talk. <laughs> hey, so it turns out we're not going to need you on Wednesday. Hey, listen, uh, that or a Friday, yeah. Then, uh, Friday, we can come by on Friday to pick up your check. Why don't you uh, bring your box of goodies? Oh, have you souped up your resume? Here's an episode of the show that you might like. <laughs> this guy Gary Bernison. You really, maybe you should. Great, 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 great book, out. great interview. You're going to want to listen to that one long and hard. So, no offense, OG, you, you, we're not going to need you on Friday. <laughs> so, Jonathan Mendonza coming down to the basement on Friday instead of OG. See everybody next time. Go stack some Benjamins. Bye-bye. So, what should everybody have learned today? I'll tell you one thing they should have learned. You can't fire me. You guys work for me. Second, take it from Gary Burnison. Scoring the next big job or the next raise isn't about your resume. It's about contacts and what you know. Work on skills and on your network, and you'll find your next job in a hurry. Also, take Jonathan Sassy's advice. If someone asks you for money over the phone and you've never met them, it's a good idea to steer clear. Unless it's me, then you should dig deep and pony up those Benjamins big time. But the real lesson here... Don't hang out with Joe's mom on April Fool's Day. I swear, if she does the Nutella on the toilet paper joke one more time, oh, God, lady, you're an amateur. Special thanks to Gary Burnison for helping us score more money. You'll find his book, Lose the Resume, Land the Job, wherever books are sold. Thanks also to Jonathan Sassy from First Orion for joining us on today's show. You'll find the Privacy Star app on Google Play and the Apple App Store. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at 
at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Welcome to the After Show, the part of the show that doesn't exist. We have a special guest here in my mom's basement. OG, would you like to introduce our special guest? Absolutely. Uh, so this is Mama OG. So Mama OG wanted to come around. She was wondering what all this she, racket was. She wanted to come around. Yeah. Yeah, she <laughs> I, said. I think that was she different. She said, get me up early. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to come down and see what, see what all the fuss is about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. But, uh, mom OG, I'm sure that's the way it happened. Oh yeah. That's exactly the way it happened. <laughs> yeah. So what we have to do, because we don't have you here all the time. Welcome by the way, to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. You got to tell us embarrassing stories about OG growing up. That's, that's what this is really about. Wait a second. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Hold the phone. I didn't, I didn't know this was going to happen. This doesn't sound like a great idea to me. Oh, this sounds like a wonderful well, idea. Well, I was going to tell the story. I was going to tell the story about my AT&T call. So when I was younger, I distinctly remember doing this. We were talking about getting telemarketing calls. This guy calls and he's selling AT&T long distance, right? Back in the day when you had to have a long distance provider. Remember that? Yes. Um, of course you remember it. <laughs> You're older than all of us together. Oh, hey, easy. Uh, oh, <laughs> maybe not together, but pretty close. In any event, uh, so I got this guy on the phone and he is reading from the script. Hello, sir or ma'am. My name is right. Totally brand newbie. And so I decided that today was his lucky day. And so for 37 minutes, I had this guy on the phone and I said, well, you know, he's telling long distance and I'm, I make some calls to England. Do you guys have any England packages? Oh, as a matter of fact, and he said, I said, well, now if I had to make a, say if I was in the England plan and I really wanted to make a call to like, you know, South Africa, then what would happen? Oh, well, well, imagine I spent, and he's doing all this stuff. And we had all these plans laid out, like the Lithuania plan. The, oh no. The, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to have all these things. We have a family all over the place. And then he says, okay, so, so, uh, we just get you signed up then. And I'm like, yeah, no, I think I'm going to go with MCI. Click. Are you kidding me? This doesn't sound like your son does it. 
Oh, oh, he sounds definitely like my son. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was. I feel bad about that. That guy probably still has nightmares about that. I did that once with a door-to-door salesman person. I, I, I decided I just wanted to play. And so, yeah. and it's great when you get a door to door, door to door. Well, when you get a door to door person who's begging you to leave and you're not done yet, mm-hmm. that's, that's the part I like. They're like, no, 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 no. Really? I got to go to a different house because they know what I'm doing. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You, Hey, hold on, hold on. Oh, he wanted to leave. Yeah. Yes. He no. wants to, he wants to move on. He's in my living room going, Hey, I'd love to sit here and chat, but no, 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 wait. I'm sure wait. these cookies are delicious, but hold, it's time for me to go. Hold, hold everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, mom, you have, you've any, uh, stories where you're mean to telemarketers or mean to people. We don't do this on oh. the show, by the way, talk about how mean we are to people. Just so you know, oh, no, no, generally no, no. mean. I, we're generally pretty nice. I'm never mean to anyone. I'm just a wonderful, wonderful person, aren't I? Or, oh, whoa, 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 you can't say his name. <laughs> What's going on there? Better than hey, you. Hey, you. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I never called you hey, you. I just went through the whole list of kids before I finally got to. Well, no, you were actually at the beginning of the list because you were my favorite, according to all the rest of your. Oh, man. There you go. The favorite. My brother plays. With favorite. Yes. My brother. My brother still. My brother's 48 years old and still plays that card. Yeah. That you're the favorite that, or I'm, that I'm the favorite. That I, the, 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 he's not the favorite. Oh, Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, but it stands to reason, right? I mean, you look at how the paths diverged in the wood and you go, well, obviously I was French. <laughs> look at what I've done. Now, now, OG has also told us that you told him to be nice to Steak Brother. Is that true? Well, yeah. That he she, should be nicer? M- Mom was at that dinner. I was at that dinner. Yeah. I also I, had I, alligator arms. I, I was never asked to help with that. Well, your your mom, you're not. It's not your job yeah. to help with the check. But- I was told that we were going to this really nice place, and that he wanted to take me to this really nice place, and, and that I could have anything on the menu that I wanted. And I'm they sure said that they true. were that they were having this special. Well, to me, a special is something that is special, like cheap, special. It's cheaper, right? Expensive. Cheaper. I mean, you know, I I live in. You know, BFE someplace yeah, else, B, BF, BFM, BF Michigan, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and you're right. You know, that's something that is cheaper than everything you know, when else. You go to, when you go to the market, it's a special, right. that's, you know, it's got a little, those, that star around it, you know, and it's, right. like, oh, and it's got little sale. brown leaves around the outside edges. So, you know, you just kind of chop those off. And, you know. <laughs> it isn't refinance your house special. Yeah, it's not right. Like, exactly. Yeah. When they bring it out in a platter and it's on yeah. fire. It isn't correct. It isn't. Uh, we're all high fiving ourselves in the kitchen special because somebody actually bought it. <laughs> this uh, rock salt that you'll notice will light on fire. Uh, we mine this specifically from the Dead Sea for this. Uh, flown <laughs> yes. in this morning. This olive oil we've uh, made ourselves in the. I don't know. Yeah. Of course, mine wasn't the. Um, was I think the second most expensive one too. So did uh, uh, some people don't even know this story, OG, because we keep talking about Steak Brother lately, and we've got people new to the show. But you were very nice. You took your mom. So so we went out to dinner, and uh, it's Mrs. OG, my brother, his fiance at the time, and uh, we went to this nice restaurant, and you know ordered ordered a meal, and the waiter had gone around and said, and and Mom OG. Yeah, I know. I said you're there. Oh, I no, said, you Mom. said 
No, you said Mrs. OG, steak brother. Oh, we, okay. His fiance and Mrs. OG. Just can't get a word in edgewise, can I? No, no, no. no. <laughs> you you invited me here. Now that mom's got the microphone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so we, you know, the waiter goes around and talks about the specials, right? So today's special is, and then you're at a nice restaurant. The special means here's the stuff you're not going to order. And uh, my brother says, oh, I'll have the ribeye special. I'm just kind of thinking like, huh, okay. It comes out. Everybody else's meal comes out, and his comes out like on a platter with like songs and right. You know, you're and right. And they got Van Halen back together. <laughs> did it was awesome. They had and enough had, money to do all that stuff and had them and present so, it right. So they put the steak down in front of them. And they light something on fire, and it's like you know, it's just all this kind of cool stuff. And then the bill comes, and you know, somebody had a chicken, and somebody had you know a fillet, and then and then here's. Steak Brothers uh, steak for $125. Which, by the <laughs> way, our friend Mark, who listens to the show in Chicago. Hi, Mark. Mark says $125 for a steak in Chicago, not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, that does, of course. And you can spend even more than that, I'm sure. But nevertheless, it's, uh, you know. Nevertheless, he didn't offer above, to, and he didn't he offer to help no out. Idea. Yes. Oh, and he didn't. And, you know, and I kind of showed him the, the bill <clears throat> and I kind of pointed at and you could see him like recoiling, like like literally his arms got shorter <laughs> as he was looking at it into the alligator he be, arms. He became like a trinosaurus, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, I can't, we've talked I, about this. The right way to handle that, of course, and we've discussed how, how we would do that in the, in, the, in the future if it were you or I, is to offer to pick up some of the tab. Like, oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Let me buy dessert or let me, let me put the tip on or something like that. Something. Unless your mom. Mom doesn't have to do any of that, by the way. No, of course she doesn't. I think no. there's a rule out there. She put that, up with me for yes. you know, at least 10 years Yeah, <laughs> before she kicked me out, put me on my own. Hey, hey it at was more than that. 11 it years. Was, You're right, it, 11. No, no. It was- Go get was, a job. Like, but I don't want to deliver newspapers. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. You wanted to deliver newspapers. You wanted to have the entire town of- Nope. Yes, <laughs> You can't do yeah, that you, you, you could, can just say the entire whoa, whoa, whoa. town. You can't say the name of the town. I can't say the, well, can't say the, the city either. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. What can I say? It's all right. We're making it up as we go. Could have been Bleep Texas, too. You know, they, they, I know there's one of those tex- <laughs> in Texas. Bleep Texas? Well, yeah. Well, there's a lot said, of weird towns down here, but I don't know if Bleep Texas is an actual town. Well, no, but I, I you bet just there said is. that I couldn't say the city. There's and pl- I know that the city that we lived in in Michigan is the same city that they have lots here. Of hits. Why don't we just, why don't you, why don't you how many letters are in it? How many, you know, what's to start with? Why don't, we, why don't we see if we can narrow it down for everybody? Oh, come on. She's like, this podcasting thing sucks. This is for the birds. You didn't, you did not sit me down and say, you cannot say this. You cannot say this. You cannot say that. You're right. That's Welcome to the show. Sleeping. I mean, this is a show where we try to say nothing though, mom. So we, our, oh. our, our whole goal here is to, is to get bleep it. everything out. You yeah, know? If we bleep it out, nobody sues. It's all, no. <laughs> we never, we never have to worry about don't have to pay any royalties. That's right. That's that. We don't want to, we don't have to pay any royalties. We pay, we play Taylor Swift music at the beginning of every show and we bleep the whole thing out. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has any idea. <laughs> it's all, it's all Taylor Swift. That's right. <laughs> It would have been nice to have the whole town as a uh, 
paying customer. I was making big money back then. You were. You kept saying, can I get another block? Can I get another block? You know, because you had what? At the end, when you finally quit, you had 107 customers or something like that. I helped out a paper boy once for a few weeks when I just needed more money. And so I'd listen to this radio show that said, what are you doing at four o'clock in the morning? I'm like, uh, sleeping? Well, if you want to get out of debt, go do something. So I signed up and I end up helping this guy with his route. And it's funny that life at 4 a.m. and even 3.30 in the morning, way different than than during the day. Like I would immediately go out in the winter uh, and I would look up at the sky because if it was a clear sky, I was screwed because it was going to be so cold in the morning that oh, it was yeah. it was just going to stink. And if there were clouds, like looking for that cloud layer was something I don't do. Like I don't walk outside my house now. I walk outside the basement, look up and see if see if it's cloudy or not. Uh, that was number one. Dogs, dogs were were a big deal. And um, and uh, like figuring out opti- werewolves. Well, figuring out optimally where to park the car. And then sometimes it was better to go on foot, you know, just park the car, grab several papers and bam, bam, bam. Um, and then some people wanted, were very particular about what, the, where they wanted the paper. Did you have that? Oh yeah. Like yeah. So, so, in the door, yes. under the mat. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. For me, it was always the, uh, it was the get out of jail free card on the weekends because uh, the newspaper was in the afternoon during the week, but in the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, it was in the morning. And so you always had an excuse to be out as a teenager at two 30 in the morning, because if and it didn't matter what you're like, Oh, I'm just, uh, just wait for the papers officer <laughs> papers. Yeah. Newspapers delivering newspapers. Yeah. Oh, so, so notice my newspaper bag that I've slung across my body. Yeah. Now, the newspapers don't arrive till 6am or right. something, you know, but it's right. Three forty-five, and I'm out egging houses. I'm like, well, I've got the newspapers officer. Your son didn't egg houses. Did he? You're telling you're saying this in front of mom. Not sure that I actually have ever thrown an egg at a house in my life. I have thrown snowballs at houses, TP, and, and at cars. Oh. Can, can I tell the Christmas light story? We got I to can, now. I can. I think the rule is if you introduce it, you oh, have to tell you, it. You t- you told me that it was you, you and. Sure. Nope. Or I'm sorry, I did it again, didn't I? <laughs> Should I say fire starting, brother? <laughs> there you go. That's, that's a good one. Yep. Steak brother, then fire brother. All right, bring it on. Not, not the fire huh? that we talk about on our show. So what what allegedly do you have? Some okay. There evidence? was apparently vandalism that was going on at Christmas time. Strong hmm. term for it. Okay. All right. Reorganization. Reorganization that was going on. Holiday decorations. Uh, our neighborhoods at Christmas time where... Um, some rowdy teenagers were kind of redoing the neighborhoods with uh, 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 Christmas lights. Um, Some of them were disappearing. Some of them were breaking. I don't Um, think anyone ever broken. Oh, yes, yes. They were. They were Uh, broken. No recollection of that part. Yeah, yeah, they were. Uh, around the churches and homes and things like that. and Like Beanie Babies. I had to collect light bulbs. I never knew when they were going to be. Valuable yeah, they would, in the just would be gone, you know, and things like that. Well, I got really upset when this happened to my house. And so I wrote this huge editorial to the um, People's Forum of the city newspaper. Um, That's how it always goes, isn't it? <laughs> talking about how, you know, it wasn't the thing to do and everything else. And that even though these teenagers or whoever it was, seem to want to put a damp and 
on the spirit of Christmas, it wasn't going to make any difference in our home because even though they may have taken the material things that pertain to Christmas, Christmas was in the heart because it had to do with Jesus and so on. And years later. So then mom goes in the basement and finds bags and bags and bags of Grinch style (laughs) light bulbs. But years later, I find out that this is my children that are doing the so-called retraction. That's what I want to know. No, no, no. Reorganization of the neighborhoods. Oh, boy. There's any vandalism. I I suspect that there might have been a removal of the holiday cheer. I I think there were some broken items. But it could have been by fire starter. Could have been fire starter. Fire starter did a lot of stuff. Or knife thrower. Or whatever you want to call (laughs) him. Knife thrower. (laughs) He made a punji pit in our backyard. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The punji pit. Yes, yes. Well, that was specially meant for you because you were favorite brother. I know. And it worked. (laughs) Put seven, seven nails in the bottom of my foot. Yeah, well, that was during the Vietnam era, wasn't it? Or when? No, it's just a skosh after, after that. Yeah. Might be, maybe just a little after. I hate to do this, guys, but we got to go. Mom, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.